Fundamental Life Podcast. Well, welcome everybody back to the Fundamental Life Podcast with Stephen R. Saxton. What's and, up? And myself, Matthew Arnold. Um, how's things been going, man? Things are good, Mr. Christian. Things are really, really good. I like how my mic feels really loud in my ears. No, I like it. Leave it. Leave it, Marcus. I like it. I like it. I'm doing really, really well, man. I'm, uh, we've been working a lot. Um, the weather's been a little bit cooler, which is beautiful, and uh, I'm just happy to be alive, dude. Just happy to be uh, uh, healthy. Got a healthy family. Things are good. That's good, man. I, uh, I was super stoked. I got to go see a movie. Oh, as did I. We saw the same one, same night. Tenant. Yes. Very confusing. Incredibly. I left thinking like, am I dumb? But then I realized yeah, I probably am. I didn't get that movie at all, dude. dude. It, I was super stoked to see it. I know we both were stoked to see it, but um, like it was it was because we both liked Inception. Mm-hmm. And uh, this movie, dude, I was shit. <laughs> dude. That's all I got to say. I was so confused. I walked out and I was like, am I on a practice of actually seeing a movie? Because like that dialogue came at me so fast and furious. I was like, what the hell did I just see? Yeah, it was... It, you know, I think uh, I think I just missed a lot of it, but I I don't know that the whole plot is super well put together. But it was awesome. I like ate some popcorn, mm-hmm. drank a big forty four ouncer, ate some milk duds. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just nice to be out and about. I I did take my mask off as soon as I sat down. I apologize for all the mask lovers out there, but uh, yeah, it was it was good. Oh man, it was it was great to be out and about again. Yes, oh, it was. Show. but. Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, you know, Christopher Nolan, I love that guy. And that's something, like, that dude, no matter what you say about the plot line, it was kind of like watching Time Cop, only cooler. That's who's, that, is that who did Inception? Mm-hmm. Okay. And he did The Dark Knight, and he did all these other movies. But what I love about Christopher Nolan is the quality of production he puts out there. Yeah. He doesn't use green screens. He doesn't do CGI um he doesn't like to do that like even in the dark knight trilogy like with all of the you know the batmobile and he's avoiding all the stuff um that was all miniature and he he was able to do it that way so he didn't have to do cgi he does movie magic that's crazy because the scenes in that show were, were were pretty intense oh yeah cinematography was amazing even though the plot was left me like utterly confused that's mm-hmm. just my own stupidity, but the cinematography was cool. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of, looking at it in that aspect, uh, what I thought we could talk about today. Okay. Is quality is remembered. Well, I'm going to ask you, because this is your saying from your father. So, why don't you uh, give us just a 10 second or just a rundown on Billy Bob. Oh, my father, yeah. Billy, Billy Bob. So I, it seems like we talk a lot about our fathers, but that's okay. You know, where apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So um, I grew up in the car business, as I mentioned a few times. Um, the used car business, sold a lot of stuff that was off lease. So two to three years old. And um, my father was big on quality. And one of the things he always said was quality is remembered long after price is forgotten. And that's always stuck with me. I know it's a saying that's out there, but 
essentially what that means is if you go out and you look for something that is uh, inexpensive or is cheap, chances are you're probably going to get an inferior product. You're going to get something with poor quality. Um, it's not going to last. And six months later, you're not really going to remember what you paid for it, but you are going to remember that it's now broke, you know, or it doesn't run or uh, the leather seats are, are given out. So looking at the car business um, as an example, um, you can buy, let's say you can buy a salvage title, right? You can buy a branded title. You can get on KSL and find all these cars. You do a quarry for, I don't know, let's say you want a 2015 GMC half ton. And you throw that in there and all these cars come up and you're like, man, that one is super, super cheap. But then as you start to dive into it, oh, this is a branded title. Well, what does that mean? That means that it was probably two cars that are glued together and now is one car, right? So at some point it was in a, you know, a terrible accident or um, had some issues. And so you can buy that car, right? And you can maybe buy it for 20, 30% lower than what a nice, clean one owner that's been taken care of would go for. But it's going to go down the road sideways. You're going to wear tires out. The paint's probably going to flake off. Maybe those things don't matter to you. I would say for 100% of people, those things do matter, <laughs> right? But uh, when you chase price, you end up getting an inferior product to answer your question in a long way. No, that was perfect. And that's, uh, I look at that in our industry as well. Um, example, I took a phone call this morning from uh, a previous client of Christian Roberts Mortgage. He's not either one of our clients, but he called here. Um, Christian Roberts did his loan six years ago. And uh, he said, hey, you know what? Do you guys have a wait time? Wait, what does that mean? And that's what I said. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, well, I want to refinance. Do you guys have a wait time? And I'm like, well, uh, it takes about three weeks to close your loan, three to four weeks, depending on whether I need an appraisal or not. And he's like, okay, so how long do I have to wait before that starts? And I was like, well, today, I mean, if you give me your stuff today, then we'll be done in three to four weeks. And he said, oh, because I've been working with a company right now and we gave them everything on July 30th. And they told me today that they're only processing loans from July 13th. Holy cow. And I was like, really? I'm like, dude, that's like 60 days ago. And he's all, <laughs> yeah. So they told me they're not going to even look at my loan till the end of this month. Wow. And I'm wow. Like, yeah. So when you look at, you know, quality versus, you know, um, I, I want to say quantity, but that's not what I'm saying. You, the qualities remember long after price is forgotten. Well, I think in our industry, um, there's a lot of sexy marketing material out there. You know, mm -hmm. there's there's uh, rocket launchers and there's there's all these mailers that are hitting you. There's commercials that are coming at you. Your email is getting bombarded. There's Instagram ads. There's Facebook ads. And they're really, really sexy, man. Like you want to click on there and you're like, man, this looks awesome. You see that billboard. That looks amazing. Why can't I get that? Why didn't my guy do that for me? And so when you, when you use that same analogy, quality is remembered long after price is forgotten. Sometimes if you chase that sexy marketing material, they may be phenomenal at marketing, 
but really, really bad at loans. And what I've found in our industry the last few years, and, and I'm not saying this for any other reason than it's true, okay? There are some people who have entered the mortgage space, entered the mortgage uh, world, and they're really, really good at marketing, but they put very, very little time, energy, and effort into honing their, their craft. And the people that work there um, typically are going to be similar to the owners or whatnot, and they just kind of like, they're there to make a living, but as far as treating it as a career, um, they're there to get leads, mm-hmm. and those leads are coming through all this sexy marketing material. And I'm only saying that because it's true. Like, yeah. I, we, everybody's a consumer. Like, we, you and I were talking uh, just as we were preparing for this. And we've both had some experiences with concrete. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you about an experience I had in 2002, 2003. I was in my first house. And um, I needed to get a little uh, concrete pad poured on the side. Almost like an RV pad, right? Just to give me another place to park a vehicle and um i got a connection through i don't know a friend or something and he'd referred me to uh this guy he d- he does flat work he does concrete right it and was so, it was me I don't, I don't mean to cut you off it was me i didn't want to throw you under the bus though because <laughs> the story gets worse the story gets worse i know that's why i don't refer anybody and it's not your it's not your fault but so this guy comes out um measures it gives me a quote Seems like uh, kind of a rough dude, but, you know, a lot of concrete workers, they're, they're not the cleanest people. They're out working concrete all day, right? So um, the price was good. The price was, was actually excellent. It was a little lower than what I thought it would be. So we scheduled it. Um, he came out. Concrete got delivered. They poured this concrete pad for me on the side of my house. Everything's great. I pay him, and it wasn't a, a big amount. I want to say it was like 2200 bucks. Right. But, um, it was, which was a good price. So I pay him, he goes on his way. Everything's great. Concrete's great. It's all done. Like three months goes by. Right. And at the time, um, I can't remember, I was either going to refinance my home or I got something in the mail, certified mail. I think I got certified mail and, um, I, a mechanics lien had been filed on my house. I'm like, what in the hell is this? Like, I'm a pretty honest dude, man. I've got good credit, things, you know, I'm not doing anything shady. So I open it up, and sure enough, it's uh, the concrete company who had delivered the concrete to my house had filed a, a mechanics lien on my house. And I'm like, wait a minute, there's, there's, got, there's a mistake here. So, you know, pick up the phone, beep, boop, boop, beep, boop, beep, call up this guy who did the work for me. And I'm like, bro, um, they're saying I didn't pay the concrete. I paid you. You paid the concrete, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I took care of it. And I'm like, cool. So I get back on the phone with him, and I'm like, hey, this was paid. I just talked to the contractor. And they're like, yeah, he, he hasn't paid a bill in never, in like next to never, right? So I call him back, and I'm like, hey, man, uh, they said you didn't pay the bill. And he's like, yeah, that's, that, that's wrong. Anyway, this goes back and forth for a few days. Finally, you know, the, the lesson here is that I paid him. He didn't pay for the concrete. The concrete got delivered to my house because it got delivered to my house and I didn't have a signed bid. I was on the hook for it. So I call him back and basically he threatened me with some bodily harm if I ever called him again. And I was like, you know, I've probably got more to lose here than he does. So I just let it lie and I paid the mechanics lien and I moved on and I chalked it down as a $2,200 lesson. So the lesson that I learned 
well, first of all, get a signed bid, right? <laughs> Make sure the contract's licensed. But um, don't chase price. You know, could I have got that done uh, for twenty five hundred bucks or three grand and had it be just as great as it was? Yeah, and I probably wouldn't have had a mechanics lien if it was from a licensed contractor that paid his bills and didn't want to break my back if I called him again. So don't chase price, right? And I learned that, what was I, 20, 24, 25 years old, I learned that lesson, and I was a wiser man because of it. I had to learn it the hard way, right? I know you just had uh, an issue, not an issue, an experience, not necessarily a bad one, but uh, uh, with getting uh, driveway, your driveway redone. Yeah, my driveway, it's... it's uh it started popping its top two years after it was poured. And so I met with, uh, I have a, a, a guy that I use now, not, not the guy that I referred Steve. No, don't call, <laughs> don't call that guy. But uh, I... He'll break your legs. Oh, for sure. So his name's Brian Hanson. I'm going to give him a shout out real quick. Wasatch Concrete. He's freaking awesome. But he came and looked at it and he's like, yeah, it's, it's going to pop its top. I was like, cool. Can we just like, re-pour over it? And he's like, no. Nah going to have to be replaced and I was like oof that doesn't seem cool and he said well here's the deal you're going to be okay it's it's going to pop its top but you're going to be okay so let's just wait well here it is you know 18 years later and so I uh now it's a 20 year old concrete I hit him up and he came out and he gave me a bid and uh like I took his bid and I was like yeah let's do it done and I was talking to somebody, and they're like, hey, if you need to get, like, two, three other bids, I'm like, nope, I'm good. Because I know this guy, and I know the quality that he does, and I know that I won't have to worry about my, my concrete going bad. It won't pop its top. It won't do anything. And if it does, he's going to come back and fix it. Because that's just Brian Hansen. Yeah, you know? and he, he told you initially, like, you could do it, but yeah, it's going to pop its top. You'll be fine. Right. I mean, the guy was was honest up front. I'm going to take it one step further. And um, we have people come and work on our yard. Um, mm-hmm. Not that I don't love to work on my yard is frankly don't have time. I, <laughs> I I hate it. OK, we talked about this last time, how I grew up. I, yard work. I just, it, just hate it. That's true. I did. So I, I grew up and uh, my parents had two acres and I had to mow that thing, dude. It sucked. It was so much work. They still maintain it to this day. I'm like, seriously? So with our yard, we have someone come and, and take care of it. And uh, I know that's not very manly of me, but it is what it is. Mow my lawn and pull weeds and, you know, do some edging and things like that throughout the year. And up until uh, maybe about 12, 13 years ago, I did it all myself. And it looked better, frankly, because I took a little bit of pride in it. But um, it just came down to time and the fact that, like, I just didn't want to do it. So... We have people come and, and do that stuff. And when we initially started hiring people, it was like, man, who can do this the cheapest? And so we would find these janky dudes working in other yards and and they would come and do it. And and uh, I was like, man, that was like four hours worth of work. We paid them like $60. Like that's a no brainer. Well, they never came back. I'd be texting them. Hey, we need to get this done. They would just would ghost me. And uh, eventually I was like, you know what? It's time to go with a reputable company who's going to be consistent, who's going to be here every single week to get the lawn mowed on a certain day. They're going to edge it. And then we have other people that do, you know, some weeding and things, but they're consistent. They ain't cheap. 
Mm-mm. They are licensed. They're responsible. They're there on time, but they're not cheap. And so I can go on and on and on with these analogies, but when you chase that price, you don't get the quality. And so relating that to our industry, I mentioned the marketing, it goes so much deeper. Um, And I don't even know where we go with that, but there's some stuff out there that people are getting uh, bait and switched. Mm Mm-hmm. And let's talk about the bait and switch. Well, the bait and switch, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a great fishing analogy, you know, because you're baiting them. You, you got the bait. And, it, I mean, it's kind of like a bear trap, I guess, would be a better analogy than fishing because you put the bait out and then you go, here comes the bear, the bear steps in the trap, and what happens to the bear? You know, whoops. It's not a good situation. And that's with uh, a lot of this marketing that's coming out. People are seeing it. They're being very excited. They're like, oh, yeah, this is what I can get on a rate. But then when it comes down to it, they don't come even remotely close to it. Now, there's a disclosure that we all have to have, and we have to we have to give out the APR, and we talked about this. But if you look at the fine print, that's what gets them out of doing actual bait and switch because bait and switch is actually illegal. But it doesn't mean that people don't kind of do it. Right. In a legal manner. In a legal manner. It's the fine print. It's like when you watch a, a show on, on uh, TV and it runs through the credits like 9,000 miles an hour at the end. It's just like bam, 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 bam. They get it through the credits in like 10 seconds because they have to do it, right? Legally, they have to put those credits on there. But um, the marketing material that's out there is a lot the same where it baits people in because it's very enticing. It's big, it's bold. And then as you start to get into it, it's not nearly as attractive. And loans are not one size fits all. That's the, that's the simplest way to put it. Every single loan, even though there's a 30-year fixed loan, 50 people are going to have 50 different needs and 50 different ways to structure that based on what they're trying to accomplish, how long they're going to have the home, how long they're going to have the loan, all these different variables that go into it. And uh, people get bait and switched because what is put out on marketing material is the absolute cream of the crop, the absolute best credit score, lowest loan to value, um, you know, on and on and on. And so they get baited in. Well, that... Let me, let me, let me back up to even the car business. My opinion on the car business, and I can get cars. I don't need to go out and shop for cars. I kind of know the industry, but my opinion on the car business is shop the dealer. Don't shop the car. So if you have someone that you've worked with in the car business, go back to them. If they've been honest and you trust them and tell them what you need instead of shopping for the car you want and buying it from any you know old joe go to the dealer if that dealer's honest he'll find you the car you know what i mean and so uh, shop the dealer not the car absolutely i mean you think about it even as um mortgage brokers that's people come in and they're like this is what i want to do cool i will put that together whereas you can go look for your loan and at the end of the day, you, you might get it, but you might be on a 60-day waiting list. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's on top of that, it's with marketing material, you know, there's a few things that are legally required to be on all of those. And uh, one of those things that I think is important for consumers to, to realize is the numbers. The NMLS is the National Mortgage Licensing Service, right? System, service, I don't know. Ackerman's always slipped me, but it sounds good. Yeah, right. So with the NMLS, every single person that is a licensed mortgage broker, or not even a broker, like now like banks have to have Originator. Yeah, mortgage loan originator has to be licensed. And every single one of them has a unique number that is theirs. I mean, every single loan that I touch, 69,158. That's on there. Any sort of marketing material I put out, 69,158. My business cards has to have that number. And it has to have the number of the company that I work for because I can't just be a loan originator and not be tied to a company. So what's Christian Roberts' number? 3138. Boom. And that's uh, that's a good number, thirty-one, thirty-eight. The the thing that I bring up for this is because those numbers matter. When you look at our numbers, what's your number? Six nine one five four. Four more than me, man. You're lower than me. That's I was <clears throat> I was ahead in the line three. <laughs> yeah. So that means that basically Steve um, was licensed first, and then three people got their license before I got mine. So, I mean, it was just, it was almost instantaneous, but we were doing it on the computer. And because the NMLS system is run by the government, it's like basically DOS. So it's, we didn't do it at the same time. We were like one at a time. So three people were able to get in there before me. That being said, now new licensees are still getting those numbers and they're in the millions and getting higher in the millions you know, I saw one the other day that was like 1.5 million, and we're, you know, in the five-digit range. But let me ask you uh, a question. Why, I mean, why would experience matter? Because, you know, our number is 69154, 69158, and now those numbers are in the millions. Um, and while you think about that question, why does experience matter? Flip back to uh, 2007, 2008, I want to, I can't remember the number of licensees, but when the mortgage meltdown happened, you fast forward to like from 2008 to 2011, 12, I think there was uh, 15% the amount of mortgage originators there was in 2008 because they all quit. Yeah. They all left the industry. They all went to work at Kmart, you know, and, uh, or, or at least pursued other careers. And that's no diss on those people because they were, they were rough times. Sometimes I wonder why I stayed in it through that, but <laughs> But they, I mean, they were tough, but um, a lot of people left. And uh, so there's a lot of people who have entered the space um, since then. But that experience, I believe, matters. And um, there's a lot of reasons. But what do you think? How would you answer that? Why does experience matter? Well, it's like um, Kobe Bryant. You look at him and the experiences that he had. How many times did he go to the playoffs? How many games did he play? How many jump shots did he have? And you start looking at the difference between his game as it continued to elevate till the time that he retired. Now, there comes a point in time where father time catches up to everybody in sports. But in mortgage, it's a little bit different. I'm losing my vision. 
Oh, that's true. <laughs> I did get LASIK. Yeah, I have to drink more caffeine than I used to. <laughs> oh, that's that's definitely true. My like, I had to get a standing desk because my knees started hurting so bad from sitting all day. So, but uh, yeah, Father Time catches all of us. But the the biggest thing with mortgage is those experiences make it so I can look at a file and I can tell the people right then, this is what I can do. And you can call me and I can take 30 minutes on the phone and be done. Like you can know I'm going to get a loan or no, I'm not going to get a loan. Or there's a, there's a pretty good shot you're going to get it, but there's some concerns. And those concerns, you're going to be able to ask the right questions without wasting time because you've been through and you've seen files and you've seen the pitfalls. I don't even look at a loan anymore and uh, I'm not worried about the things that can go right. But I'm, I'm actually looking for the pitfalls. Absolutely. And I think that experience has taught me that. Like if I take an application, boom, I pull the credit, I look at the income, I look at the assets, look at the, the appraisal or the home, um, I'm looking for pitfalls. What is going to be a problem in the credit? What is going to be a problem with this income? Because I've done it for 20 years and I've experienced damn near everything. Occasionally new things come across, but not very often, especially with both of us working side by side and, and bouncing stuff off each other. Um, it's not very often that we come across something that we don't know about. Unless, like we were talking this morning, unless your borrower lies to you. Oh yeah, it's always a joyous occasion. <laughs> yeah, don't just be, just tell us everything so we can can structure it up front. But that experience, using that sports analogy, when you look at uh, uh, Kobe, when you look at the Black Mamba, he figured out through years and years and experience how to dissect the defense, you know, or even LeBron. Uh, like I watched the playoff game last night. The guy can read a defense so well. He knows where to put the ball, and he knows just what to do in every single circumstance, and he's still continuing and trying to elevate that game. But uh, that experience is, is paramount. And so I would, in, in our industry, I would say that quality comes from experience. I like that. I'm going to I'm going to coin that dude. I'm gonna quality put- comes from experience. And it's just, you, know, you mentioned last week or two weeks ago when we recorded, um, you know, when you, when you quit going to the gym, you start to lose strength. And I believe that, um, any career that requires expertise in a certain area is the same way. If you quit working or take a break from your job, you start to get weak and you start to fade and you lose that knowledge. Um, but if you're constantly gaining new experience and then taking that experience and implementing it in, in your day, um, you can deliver a better quality experience for your clients. Oh, man, that is so well said. And uh, another thing that I'm going to like go back a little bit on uh, the sports analogy, and uh, that is with you, you love cycling. And me, I love art. And when you start really breaking down what makes us uh, successful in other aspects of our life is to be detail-oriented. People, when they find out I do mortgage and they see like what I do with like rattle cans and other kind of art that I do, they're like, dude, what? You, you work in finance? 
And if I was a banker, no, I probably probably wouldn't be good. But as a loan originator, because of the detail-oriented mind, that's what makes a great loan originator. And I look at like what you've done to elevate your cycling, you know, the detail, you know, with your foot pegs and like your shoes and like just all the little, just minute little details to elevate that to be better. Yeah, the details matter in every sport. Once you, I, I, I would describe it like this. And, and by the way, I don't, I hardly even ride my bike anymore. So I'm a chubby yeah. old man, but I still love it. I still love nice stuff. I need to ride more. Yeah, I'm going to buy you one of those battery powered ones. <laughs> <laughs> I already bought my daughter when I ride it all the time. <laughs> But details matter, and I've I've explained this to a lot of uh, juniors, uh, junior cyclists who are kind of coming up, and they're 16, 17, 18 years old, is um, it's really easy to get to a level 8 using a scale from 1 to 10. Um, when I say easy, I mean, you have to train every day. You need to be on respectable equipment, and you need to eat right and be strong. It's pretty easy to get to an 8, 8.5. It's a little tougher to get to a nine, but the separation between a nine and a world-class athlete that's going to be top-ranked in his country or in the world, the separation from a nine to a ten is bigger than it was from one to nine. It's huge. What I mean by that is the amount of work that goes into going from nine to ten is those little teeny details. Um, It may be... I mean, just to get geeky, it may be drinking beetroot juice three times a day. So you can raise, you know, your uh, uh, oxygen carrying capacity, you know, a, a minuscule percent. Beet, beet juice? Beet. Did, you, did you just say beet juice? It tastes like dog shit. Dude, I'm just going to shoot you straight. It dude, tastes like dirt. Dude, all beets taste like dirt. I yeah. tricked, I, I, oh, okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to tell you about when I tricked my wife into eating a beet. <laughs> but it's all those little things and every sport um i think if you are a, uh, a golfer or a tennis player or uh into motocross or if you're in any in any world career sport the separation from uh great to uh world class is is those details it's those small little details and i know that you and i um have talked a lot about details as of late actually, because um, we don't have a lot of time. Underwriters and lenders are very, very busy. And if your details are not perfect up front or near perfect, as perfect as you can get them with the knowledge that you have, the loan's going to take longer and the lock's going to expire and um, the borrower's not going to close on time. And a lot of things can come up. And so those details matter. And that's what takes an originator from you know great to phenomenal are those small details oh yeah and that's that's something that you know i look at and i've talked to some of the people at christian roberts over the years and the one thing that i can say that i've seen happen with people that work here is their game is elevated because they start to look at this as a career not as a job. And you look at the difference between, you know, uh, athletes or, you know, doctors or anybody that when they enter the their field, 
if they look at it as a career, not as a job, they're willing to go those extra miles, those extra steps to get those details, to learn, to gain the experience, and to elevate to a higher quality. Yeah. I, I think this is uh, less about mortgage and less about, uh, you know, uh, I guess what we do and the, the, the quality and the price and all that, like we start off and more about um, how do you become more successful? How do you become more satisfied with your day? Um, take pride and try to be as excellent as you can be. I don't care if you're mowing your lawn. I don't care if you are um, Marcus, you know, a promoter, whatever you're doing, take pride in it. You mentioned, uh, uh, what was the statement? Uh, uh, a real man knows a job well done. Oh, no. Uh, it's, or or uh, a, a job that's good enough yeah. and a job that's well done. done. Did mm-hmm. I butcher that? A little bit, but that is close. Yeah. I, I mean, I get the gist, and um, which is uh, what your father told you when mm-hmm. you were young. And, uh, that's, that's basically what this is about. Try to deliver better quality in whatever it is you're doing. I know we do that. Um, I know when my clients come here, uh, and when they deal with us, by God, they're going to get the absolute best loan that 20 years, 20 plus years of experience can give them every single time, every single time. Yep. And so I'm going to flip that a little bit and say just real fast about um, being a good consumer. Like for me, that's that's something that I've learned is how to be a good consumer and recognize when someone's taking care of me as opposed to demanding and beating the crap out of every single person that comes in contact with me. Um, uh, there is, uh, one of my favorite places to eat and they, they're, they're open. Um, it's a little diner just right down the road. I eat there every Wednesday morning, every Wednesday. And I haven't looked at my bill in, I don't know, two years because when I would, I order pretty much the same thing every single time. And so they haven't raised their prices and, what I get for their price is so low that I was like, dude, you're not charging me enough. And so every time I eat there, I know my meal is $20, period. I leave 20 bucks because it's that good. And, you know, whereas uh, I see other people in there, like, talk about, well, you know, you, you didn't used to charge me for my coffee. <laughs> you know, and it's like, dude, it's a buck. Man. It's actually made uh, this industry's kind of tainted me in some ways, but I, and this is probably a lot of people that deal with Consumer Direct. Um, it, it has made me a better customer, made me a better uh, consumer. And I actually, this is something I do. I'm not saying it's right or wrong or, or patting myself on the back for doing it, but when I when I have an extraordinary experience or a um, a high level experience with somebody as, as me being a consumer. Um, I go above and beyond to like reach out to their manager, shoot their manager an email, uh, give them a fat tip, um, send them something in the mail. Uh, I've been, I've been trying to do thank you notes. I'm a fallen behind a little bit, but I try to do these thank you notes. 
you know, maybe just send it out to a friend that I haven't talked to in, in four months. But, um, I think that it's made me a better consumer because that should be recognized, you know, and I feel better. Like when I do it, I feel better about myself. So it's actually kind of selfish if you think about it. Cause like I'm looking, I don't want to go out and get crappy service, but then when I get good service and I say, Hey, dude, thank you. Here's, here's an extra 20 bucks or, you know, do you have a manager or whatever? It makes me feel better. So it's actually kind of selfish, I guess. You can call me a selfish a-hole, but that, that's just kind of how I roll. It's funny is uh, I had a really, really good experience at uh, Larry H. Miller Theater. Um, this is like five, six years ago where they went above and beyond for me and my family. It was actually harder to get a hold of upper management to give a compliment than it was if I was complaining. And that, that's what everybody, like when I called, I was like, hey, I need to talk to your manager. They're like, what, why? And I was like, well, I had a great experience. I want to share it. You yeah. know? And they're like, um, well, our complaint department isn't, and I'm like, no, 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 I don't need a complaint. I want to give a compliment. Do you have a compliment manager? <laughs> so isn't, it cra- like, isn't it crazy though? Like, I don't mean to bust into your story, but um, it's like everyone should take the opportunity to, to reach out and, and do that. Like as business owners, and this is why I say that as business owners and, and, uh, having employees, all we hear about is the shit. Okay. What crosses our desk is 99% of the time is, is a complaint about something frivolous. Um, maybe the loan officer missed something, but that's what comes across our desk. Occasionally, one to 2% of the time, it's somebody that reach, reaching out just because they had a good experience. They don't have to, to let us know that, hey, so-and-so did a phenomenal job. I just thought you should know they're representing your company really well. And, dude, that means the world. That's better than any paycheck than I could ever receive. And so I try to do that. And, um, man, it just, honest to God, it just makes the world a better place. You know, especially right now, everyone's pissed off and driving like jerks and, you know, yelling at people for not wearing their mask or wearing their mask or whatever. It just uh, lightens the load. Oh, man. Ain't it the truth? Ain't it the truth? Just share a little bit of love. Share a little love. So, a song about that? I don't know. Are you going to sing it? I don't know. I was just, I, I was looking at Mark because he's the DJ. You know, I thought he would know. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that, uh, uh, that quality is remembered long after price is forgotten. I think there's something said for being a good consumer. I think there's something said for as a consumer, uh, trying to find the highest quality product or service you can find. Um, that's the way that you should go about it. If you want a good experience in any industry, but particularly, uh, with loans, since that's what we do, uh, search out the people in your area. They're going to give you the highest quality and you're gonna get a you're gonna get a great loan, man. The the thing is, the the elephant in the room when it comes to our industry right now is yes, there's some difference in rates. Yeah, I mean there there is, but they're not as big as people would think because the world is connected now, and a lot of rates are very very similar. The difference is the person working on your loan or the company doing your loan and the systems that they have in place, the people they have working on your file. That's what matters because as the world gets more and more connected and digital, um, 
It's almost like any product you would buy. You could just got to enter it in and boom, it's going to kick you out, you know, four different places to buy it on Google. But if you search out um, someone who's going to give you that quality service, you're going to get a great loan. Uh, yeah. The last thing I'll, do, I'll just touch on and then, you know, we can wrap up or we can talk about something else is uh, as far as being a good consumer, um, be respectful. I mean, you know, we, the world is connected now, and you can basically, I mean, you you wear your phone on your uh, on your wrist. You can, I mean, you can always get a hold of somebody pretty much on a cell phone. My cell phone has been the same cell phone for 25 years. I've had the same phone number. So my cell phone is who my kids call who my parents call, my family, everybody. So my clients, they have my cell phone. So be cognizant that if you're texting me at 1130 on a Friday night, chances are I'm going to receive that text. I will receive that text because that is, I mean, I'm going to get it. And it may be, from my dad saying that my grandmother's passed away or it might be my daughter I was in a car accident or whatever. I'm going to get that text. So if you're going to text, send me an email. I will get your email and I will read it in the morning. But if you're going to call me or text me after hours, and let's be honest, what are after hours? Five, six o'clock at night. Yeah, banks are closed, man. Yeah. I can't do anything. I'm not at my desk. Yeah. So that's the that's the one thing that I would say is like the world is connected, but your question can wait. Yeah. I yeah. promise yeah. I will get back to you. Being respectful of those hours is uh is key and something that I've been even more cognizant of uh with people as a consumer. Mm -hmm. You know. Um well this has been good. I think uh uh that uh I don't know. Do you have anything else that you want, you want to touch on? I don't want to cut you off or stop. No, no. I think, I mean, really, honestly, my biggest thing today was just uh, reach out and say, hey, you know what? Think about the quality of uh, the product that you're getting and not necessarily just thinking about the price because ultimately it'll come back to buy you. Yeah. You don't want a branded title uh, loan. <laughs> you don't want a salvage loan. <laughs> and uh, that goes for all all aspects of being a consumer. So um, thank you for everyone that's uh, that's been listening to this. Um, please go on, rate us as always. I got to end with that. Go on, throw us a five star review on Apple, and uh, if you could throw some comments in there, that would be beautiful as well. And with those comments, if you uh, want to hear about something in particular from one of us two jokers, um, you could put that in there as well. Thank you for everyone that has listened thus far. And uh, we will catch you on the next episode here in a couple weeks. And appreciate y'all. One last thing. Quality comes from experience. Yeah. That's, that's the takeaway. Yeah. Quality comes from experience. Wow, I really like that explosion. <laughs> that's sick. <laughs>